This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always by Carter Carls. We're here to kind of take a look at where this A&M roster stands post-spring. Going to talk about some some areas that are good, some areas that still need some work. Focusing mostly on the defensive side of the ball today, and then we'll we'll get into the offensive side next week. Carter, how you been? Good, man. Good, man. It's... Uh... May, so we're past the draft, we're past spring football, kind of the time we're like, man, what, what are we doing now? What are we doing? But there's still a lot of good things to cover, and we, we got a lot of stuff on Gigum 247, and yeah, we got a lot to talk about. You, you've been on vacation, you were in Italy, sending me, uh, you were at the Leaning Tower of Pisa, so uh, you've been already uh, having a way more fun summer than I have, so I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I know getting back in the groove now went to um, kind of tour Italy a little bit and um, yeah, did go see the leaning tower of Pisa, went to Catania um, now back into it. I've been, been hitting the road this week, hitting a lot of schools and spring practice and, and they're heating up. They're hitting about the midway point. Now I was just talking with some folks yesterday about this, how quickly things go. Like we're into May, like you said, we're we're going now. Like you know, SEC media day credentials are 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 starting to flow in now. That's about two months away, and official visits are heating up. So it's going to be a fun summer, and and things are are kind of heating up. And you know, speaking of speaking of heating up, A and M's kind of been heating up a little bit in the transfer portal. We've been talking about it now for for a little while, and and. A&M's got some good news since the spring ended with adding two guys on the defensive side of the ball in Boston College transfer Joshua DeBerry and Jackson State linebacker transfer Juriente Davis. What's what's kind of your thoughts on what A&M's done on, on that side of the ball? Yeah, it's uh, just what the doctor ordered, right? Uh, you know, you really went into this spring portal cycle and thought, okay, four positions really offensive tackle uh wide receiver linebacker cornerback those those were really the the positions worth addressing and on defense you know they're not quite done i don't think adding or, or at least looking at guys on the defensive side of the ball but they've got two guys that they really like at linebacker uh, jd davis uh it's juriente jd whatever you want to call him uh, I'll, I'll call him jd uh, and then, you know, Josh DeBerry 
at cornerback. And, uh, you know, Josh DeBerry was somebody who immediately was interested in A&M from the moment they offered him. uh, Really wasn't a close second in that recruitment. Uh, It was the only school that he visited during the process. And it was a big catch for A&M, being a three-time OACC corner at Boston College. I'm very fascinated to see what his career looks like or what his one year looks like at A&M because, you know, it really says something that this guy was able to stand out on such a terrible team. Like, usually, if everyone around you on your defense is horrible, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. You're not going to be making a lot of plays. You know, if you're a corner and you've got no pass rush, kind of hard to – to hold on for that long and, and and not give up big plays. So for this guy to kind of do what he did, I'd like to see him in this defense that's got, you know, a lot of way better players on it, way better defensive line. And that's kind of what he told me during the process was like, hey, man, this defensive line, I was at the spring game. My goodness. That's kind of what he told me. That was the first thing that stood out to him was, Okay, if I'm playing behind Walter Nolan and uh, Shamar uh, Stewart and, and Turner and all these guys, it's like, uh, okay, yeah, probably going to be a little bit easier uh, to hang on and cover. Uh, now, Juriente Jur- Davis, J.D. Davis, um, the thing with him is he's kind of bounced around, obviously, Jackson State. He was at junior college, Middle Tennessee State. Got one year left as well, but the thing with him – it's hard to kind of judge just how good he is. I feel like we won't really know until he sees the field. You watch his Jackson State tape, and he's a guy that flew all around the field, you know, looked like a sideline to sideline kind of linebacker. Certainly was a guy that w- would come off the edge and, and blitz and, and do things like that and, and shoot the gaps, but um, is a little bit on the smaller side. So, can he be an SEC linebacker that can withstand a beating? I know we talked about playing in the middle, a uh, middle linebacker, uh, but at the very least, I think you like the depth that you have in him because you had Edger and Cooper and Chris Russell as your starters going into the spring. And then after that, it was like, man, their backups are true freshmen and Damian Sanford, Tari, and York. You like what you've seen from them so far, but you're still saying, okay, these guys are – what, 17 years old? Like, yeah. this should be their prom right now that they're going to this month. Uh, so it's – you feel better about that depth. Josh DeBerry as well, that depth with him. Maybe he's not a starter. We'll see. But at the very least, they have some insurance if there are some injuries or, or things go wrong. What I like is you've added two guys to the, you know, to the locker room who are veteran guys. They've now been around college football for a while, and – you know, beginning with J.D. Davis, the thing for me, we talked about it. If anything happened to Edron Cooper, anything happened to Chris Russell, like you mentioned, there wasn't a whole lot behind them. And Marshall Harris is a guy that's now entering his second year on campus. And you feel like you have a two deep now of guys that have been in college for a year and and have have some experience. And, you know, the way Torian York and Damian Sanford played during the spring and the praise that they kind of got it, you feel better about that room and, and guys that you can depend on and turn to if, if need be. And obviously Edron Cooper and Chris Russell are kind of going to be your bell cows in that room, but I feel a little better about the depth and, you know, let's give them credit. They were, 
they were really plugging away at linebacker this entire transfer portal cycle. They tried for Mason Cobb, didn't get him, but have been continuing trying to evaluate and get guys. And you land on J.D. Davis, and um, they did address that position. And I think the same could be said for Joshua DeBerry. Look, it's a long season, and you never know what's going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to pop up, and you know, nagging issues are going to happen. And so to have a guy like Joshua DeBerry that can probably play in a couple different spots and fill some holes, provide another veteran voice in that room with Tyreek Chappelle, Tony Grimes. Um, you know, I know they're really excited about what Bryce Anderson's going to do at that kind of nickel spot, but you have a guy that's, that's been, as you mentioned, an all ACC performer. You start to feel better about, that secondary group as well, and 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 the the depth that they've got there, and you mentioned that that defensive line. I think you know you do hear a lot of guys kind of talk about that playing behind this group, and um, that it's going to make their lives a lot easier. And I think that's that's certainly the case for for Joshua DeBerry. So going to be very interesting to kind of see how how um, everything kind of shakes out, where guys go, and um, what that room looks like. But I think A and M's done done some nice work on that side of the ball with now four transfers. When you look at Tony Grimes, Sam McCall, JD Davis, and Josh DeBerry, they've, they've really added a lot of experience to that room. Uh, We're going to look at some more uh, spring storylines after the break, including the play, as you mentioned, of that defensive line. So stay tuned. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right! Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back into the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carls. Carter, we got to talk about this defensive line because I thought they were one of the big-time bright spots in the spring game, specifically the play of Walter Nolan. Just what sort of jump have you seen from him in in year two and 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 what do you think he's capable of yeah he had one of those plays you know I, I like to call myself like an audible watcher of football yeah. like I I can't keep my mouth shut sometimes I'm not like yapping but like if there's a big play I'm like oh my gosh you know like I, I won't keep that to myself I'll, I'll go whoa you know and so yeah. like in the press box that play where he just absolutely blew through the line and and tackled Le'Veon Moss in the backfield. I was just like, whoa, whoa, that was yeah. something else. That is an athlete right there. And it was kind of the eye test matching what we saw in that play because all throughout the spring, you, you see this guy moving around and you're like, good gosh, a, a guy that big should not move that quickly. And, um, you know, it's hard to judge a guy in the first year. I mean, think about all the things that they're picking up and the brain's moving too fast with all the things they've got to learn. 
schematically. They're nervous, right? They're, like, it's just hard to judge. And he's still got a lot of reps. He still, you know, showed flashes. But, like, this is where I felt like, okay, yeah, th- this guy, that's the number two overall player in that 2022 class. And, you know, he, he won defensive most improved player for the Aggies in the spring. Uh, another guy kind of like that was Shamar Turner. Uh, he, he won the defensive MVP. Uh, he was someone who, you know, come on, like he's a defensive tackle. Like we can just say it like, yeah, 300 pounds, not a defensive end. He's a defensive tackle. I know A&M loves to play guys all around DeMarvin Leal. He was a defensive tackle, but you know, like Kingsley Kiki, he's a defensive tackle. Like Justin Adepike, <laughs> defensive tackle, but they love to play him at the end. And so for mm-hmm. Shamar Turner, it was hard for him last year because he made a lot of like he he was always there. He got like more pressures than anyone else on the team. He you know was always around the quarterback, but at 300 pounds, he wasn't quite fast enough to get to the quarterback and get those sacks. He only finished the year with half a sack. But this time around, you, you watch him in that scrimmage and you, you think you know what, like, gosh, am I an idiot or could this guy actually play defensive end? Because, you know, where they're at with their defensive ends, you may think that he's the best option. You know, I don't know if LT Overton is better than him right now. So I kind of like the idea. I can kind of buy into it. And, you know, maybe in a three-man front, you you like him and, and, you know, that that defensive end spot. So it's kind of like, okay, like, I can kind of buy into it. So, I thought he showed a lot of, uh, of flashes as far as being a little bit more nimble, a lot more faster, uh, a lot more athletic. Um, and, you know, there was other guys that flashed too. Shamar Stewart had a couple plays here and there. Um, even the backups, I thought Gabriel Bramall Dindy had himself a, a pretty nice uh, scrimmage. Um, so overall, a, a pretty impressive showing from the group. The one disclaimer, though, is, all right, guys, they're down their left tackle. They're down their right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have to actually sack the quarterback. Like, those weren't counted. They weren't allowed to sack the quarterback. So we couldn't see them finish a play and wrap up the quarterback. So you, you couldn't judge that as much. Um, and then this offensive line is just not good. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like – Okay, let's see how these guys look against good offensive lines and healthy offensive lines, and then we can have a little bit of a better judgment. But I think just eye test and, hey, how do these guys look compared to last season? I think they they showed you what you wanted to see. No doubt. I think you've got another year of seasoning. You talk about guys like Walter Nolan. I mean, he was nicked up last fall as well and, and kind of battling injuries. So the task for a lot of these guys is to stay healthy. Shamar Turner's had a little bit of that. Um, obviously, Gabrielle Brownlow Dindy was was hurt um, last year as well. And so the key, if you if you can keep everybody healthy and A&M can really achieve what they want to achieve about rotating guys and keeping guys fresh, I think you really have something here and you have a lot of bodies to turn to. Obviously, um david hicks dj hicks is going to arrive in the summer you would imagine he's going to factor in as a freshman and a guy that could be another one of those you you talk about the, those favorites right the guys that can kind of move in and out he was 
probably he was absolutely dominant at the Under Armour All American game, at the Polynesian Bowl when he went there. And so you'd imagine he'd factor in as well. And then you got McKinley Jackson and Fidel Diggs as kind of those two veteran voices of the room. And so um, I think you do feel good about this. The one I, I agree with you on the offensive line, you know, everything kind of has to be taken with a grain of salt. I was interested to see what they would do with the offensive line and putting them in the, obviously in black jerseys and doing that. I mean, that that's, that's, that's one way to do it, but they, they, uh, they obviously were, were down a couple guys there. I did like what, what Walter Nolan did in the run game, especially, you know, you mentioned that play, I think it was early in the second quarter when he had that play against Le'Veon Moss. And there were a couple times right before that, that he was just impacting, you know, forcing running backs to change directions because he was in the backfield and, and just so active. And if he can bring that forward to the fall, you know, I think that goes a long way towards A&M solving some of their run issues. Do we think coming out of this, that, that A&M has kind of taken a step towards, solving some of those run issues and, and, or how much can we really know on that front? I'm going with yes, just because they can't be much worse. Um, And I do think that it only makes sense that they will take a step forward because all their other guys are a year older. And a lot of those guys were pretty inexperienced. I mean, even Shamar Turner was only in his second year in college last year. So like, Guys like Shamar Stewart and Walter Nolan um, and just having the continuity of the linebackers coming back, I, I think will help. Maybe having a guy like J.D. Davis who may, maybe you can move him around and do some things. Uh, so I think they'll be better just because they can't get much worse, but also because they're going to mature. I also think that you know the fact that D.J. Durkin is now coaching the linebackers now, I think that I think could help yeah. the group. I mean, that group needed a lot of coaching and a lot of work. And I don't know if the last guy really inspired a lot of confidence that he's a great coach. So, like, I'm not trying to be mean here, but I'm just saying, like, that group never showed anything under him. And DJ Durkin is a guy who's been around for a long time and has a track record of developing guys and recruiting. So, hey, uh, I think when you – when you go from a guy that has never showed anything to a guy that has shown a lot as a coach, you would think that that would improve in that area. So everything just logically, I feel like makes sense toward them improving. Question is how much Um, it's hard for me to imagine that they'll go from 122nd in run defense to 22nd in run defense. Like that's just, that doesn't happen very often especially when you're returning a lot of the same personnel, but, you know, just not, not being a liability in that regard. They could be 60th, right? Like, you know, yeah. and maybe have a couple games in them where they overachieve. I think that's probably what you're wanting from this group this season. And I and you saw some of the impact and, and, and I'll have another point on, on to your point about uh, DJ Durkin and the linebackers, but you saw what a difference it made, right? With this defense, when when you look at when A&M was in third and long situations, granted it was a spring game, you saw them bring in Bryce Anderson off the edge and 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 yep. forcing the ball out of Connor Wigman's hands and and getting Max Johnson off his spots and rushing some throws. And now suddenly, you know, a ball that Anaya Smith usually catches goes through his hands and, you, and you're punting. Just some of those, if they can get better at getting in 
down, you know, they can, they can put themselves in better position than down and distance situations. It's going to make a huge impact. And you mentioned, you know, DJ Durkin coaching the linebackers. A&M did get some good news this week and Tristan Jernigan, uh, a Tupelo Mississippi linebacker committing to Texas A&M early this week. One of the things when we talked a couple weeks ago and he came off that visit to A&M for, for one of their spring practices, which I think really kind of sealed the deal for A&M. He said, listen, A&M is going to be in my top three for sure. Like, didn't want to mention anything about the other two schools, but said A&M will be in my top three for sure. And we got talking about DJ Durkin coaching the linebackers. And he said, that's a big reason why that's one of the reasons that A&M is going to be in my top three is because I, I love the fact that, uh, that recruits love him. Recruits love him. And they love the fact that he's working with the linebackers. And so, you know, I think, I think it could help linebacker recruiting, which ultimately will, will, um, lead to better results you would think down the road as well but recruits love them uh, they're in the mix for a lot of them this this cycle and so i think it could, could ultimately be be a positive and um you know if, if that group can can take a step up and 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 play a little better i think that'll also like you mentioned go a long way towards a&m improving their run defense which was probably one of the top priorities this offseason was to get better in run defense because um you know teams didn't have to pass on them last year they did they really didn't have to they could control possessions what appalachian state did to them uh you know you look at that Ole miss game they were right there and quinston duncan's breaks off that big run which was just a total backbreaker you know they just they just couldn't stop the run last year and so i i do think guys being a year older along the defensive line a little better linebacker play and they can get that figured out um, pretty quickly. What are what are some of the big things? Just real quick, looking at this defense, what are some of the big things that you're kind of looking at now, heading into fall camp as 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 we kind of turn the page towards that? Well, we didn't get a chance to look at the cornerbacks uh, too mm-hmm. much in the spring game. It was basically Sam McCall and a bunch of who's that <laughs> guys. Yeah. There was a lot of checking the depth chart. Okay, forty two is this guy and. I think I just want to know, okay, Tony Grimes, a lot of experience, former five-star recruit. How good is he? Uh, two years ago, second team all ACC, I think, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, can he be an all ACC corner? And then Tyreek Chappell, we know he missed some practices this spring. Uh, is is everything good there? And can, can he live up to what I, we think he can live up to? You know, Jalen Jones was – I think he was a solid player, but I, I don't know if he was, like, ultra elite. And I, and I wonder mm-hmm. if the cornerback group could actually take a step up this year, especially when you have Rice Anderson, who I think – you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be better than Antonio Johnson this year, but just projecting where he could be by the time his career is done here – I think he could be one of the more special DBs that A&M's had. And yeah. then you've got guys like Josh DeBerry in the room as well. Um, I, I just feel like I still want to see them, but I do feel good about the DB group. Uh, so there's that. Um, I guess we want to talk offense too, just overall questions with them. Yeah, what what questions do you have offensively? Yeah, we, we still – 
don't fully know about Petrino and what the offense will look like. And, you know, we, we heard from Max Wright, like, yeah, man, there's all this pre-snap motion and all this and all these bag of tricks. And, you know, they, they weren't obviously going to show us that in the spring game. So again, that, that's always my whole thing with Petrino has been no one will know for sure until yep. ball snap game one. Uh, so that will be a question that's not answered until uh, September. Um, you know, they've called it a quarterback competition with Connor Wigman, Max Johnson. It's been hard for me to believe that. I, I just feel like Connor Wigman gives you a better chance to win now and later. Um, but you look at that spring game and it was an opportunity for him to really show like, Hey, I'm way better. And, I'm the future and all this. And he didn't really show that. And that's not me saying, Oh man, this guy stinks or this guy doesn't have it in him. I think he was down a bunch of receivers and spring games are just always a mirage. Really? Um, You have to take some stock into it, but you you can't put all your stock into it. And so, you know, I I still think he has to prove himself and, and didn't quite do that this spring. And so we'll see how soon in the preseason camp, uh, he does that. Um, and then offensive line, I mean, that that's the group that, to me, I am the least confident in. I'd be shocked if they're even average this upcoming season, uh, not only because I have questions with their depth, but I've got questions about their starters, and I've got questions about how they're being coached. I mean, I just – all around where you look at this O-line – it's hard to feel good about anything really right now. And I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom. Like I, I think the offense has a lot to be optimistic about receivers are freaking awesome. Running backs, freaking awesome. Donovan green, freaking awesome. And Connor Wigman has the potential to be freaking awesome. But this yeah. offensive line, man, it's uh, they have a lot of work to do before they can show me that they can at least be average this season. No doubt. And that I think is why it's so important to get Bryce Foster back in the fold and see what kind of difference he makes as a, as a, as a healthy center and, and, you know, obviously getting Ruben Fathery and, and Trey Zune um, going as well. You, you, you hope that those are kind of the pieces that, that help this offensive line gel because it's no doubt it's going to be one of the biggest questions. They were bad all of last year. And, and it's, it, it, it really, I think had it, it didn't give the quarterbacks much of a chance at times either. They were, you know, they were having to deal with bad snaps. They were under pressure constantly. They were getting hit. Uh, couldn't get the running always game injured. going. Always They're injured. Always couldn't, yeah. couldn't get, couldn't get the running game going a lot of the times because of, you know, just, just not being able to get movement up front. And so I agree with you. It's one of the biggest questions and um, will be until, until the season starts. So, um, a lot of fun getting back into it. We're going to have more, obviously, to to dive into. We'll be back next week to to talk a little more about the offense. We'll we'll kind of take them take a, an overarching view there as well at that quarterback position, at the receivers, um, and some storylines heading into the summer as well. But thanks again for joining us, and be sure to give us a like and a and a share on on YouTube, um, and follow us on Spotify and iTunes as well um, to get a notification every time a new podcast drops and until then we'll see you guys soon